like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Stark. Hello, hello. And it is the first episode of July 2021. We're getting into biopic month. Uh-oh, cracking one open for the homies. Uh, We are uh, discussing biopics this month, which we're super excited to get into. And our first one, the one we're going to be talking about tonight, is Into the Wild from uh, 19... Uh, 2000 and where's the date? 2007. Seven? Throws me off because the movie is not in 2007. It is set in mm. the early 90s. Um, but we'll be getting into that in just a little bit before we uh, discuss the film of the week. We like to talk about what's been going on since the last time we recorded and what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how you doing? You know, it, I'm sure that everyone who has a TV or a phone knows that we are going through a heat wave right now. <sighs> in idaho so i just try to go outside as little as possible um you know afraid i'm gonna get a sunburn on the way to the mailbox or to my car um oh i'm gonna die this summer um but i'm doing well i uh got to go on a a uh impromptu brunch date with my husband on sunday and that was fun y'all know i love brunch and we went to one of my favorite places which is also close to our house, and they have my favorite coffee in Boise. I should probably send you some coffee from there. Mm. It's my favorite. It's just, you know, they have their own coffee blend from a local. Oh, I, uh, I'm down. Roaster. Yeah, um, we we have actually. I I work with um one of my coworkers' husbands. Uh, like does the whole like he roasts his own beans and makes his own oh. coffee and uh, sells it and so it's really really good. Um, That's- yeah, awesome. but I would I like to try uh, stuff like that. So yeah, definitely if you get an opportunity, my birthday is coming up. Oh, I know. I was already thinking about it. Um, and then one of my friends is back visiting from Washington, so for her birthday, so we got to go to another one of my favorite local places for dinner. Um, they have really good huckleberry cocktails. I just really appreciate <laughs> huckleberries. Um, yeah uh so delicious and so that was fun and i went so that's how i'm doing and it's finally Mm. the weekend how are you i'm doing okay i've i've had to work twice this week um but like under like extra opportunity for income kind of work so it's it's all right um and got a free breakfast out of one of the days and uh i love breakfast um watched a lot of stuff but before we get into that um a couple two things two things that i definitely want to talk um i was just a guest on the music musing podcast that's i think my third time on that show but um i'm the i think i'm either the first or second guest under the new format of that my friend craig has changed it in his um in the past it was like they had a music topic and people would talk about it now he's exploring his guest uh musical history essentially like what um their connection to music, what role music's played in their life. And, and if they were musicians like myself, um, you know, what drove them to it and what drove them away from it, which was a cool topic. I've not really spoken about to too many people about why I stopped playing, um, which is now I'm on like 11 years where I haven't played really. Like, I, I mean, I picked up a guitar here and there, but I have not played in a band for a decade after it being a defining quality of who I was, you know? Um, and so it was cool to talk about it. And, and uh, we ended up, not only was it a really, I, I had a great time talking on the episode, but uh, we ended up talking on uh FaceTime type thing for about an hour and a half afterwards, um, just off the air, just catching up. And uh, it was, it was really great. And um, I appreciated being on, but I really appreciated uh, that connection that I've, I've had with Craig since we were in band uh, all those many years ago now. Um, but uh it's funny how you can have a connection with someone and still not really know them, you know, like, or not know every minuscule detail about them because you, you connect and you move forward and you're working on a project together. You're doing this. So you're like in the moment, but you're not taking the time to learn all of the stuff that came before. 
And that was kind of what we were discovering with these conversations is a lot of stuff we had in common that we'd never discussed before. Um, and it was really cool. Uh, it reminded me of me and Earl and the Dying Girl where um, John Bernthal's character tells Greg that um, even after someone's gone, you can keep learning about them. And obviously, gladly, neither of us are gone, but that we've known each other for 15 years and there's still so much we don't know about each other. And I, it, it, it's something I've, I've been very aware of since the pandemic was just this longing to, uh, to learn more about the people around me, to, to try to be a better friend and to try to be a little more social. I, I do get kind of lost in my own world and my own stuff and forget to take the time to uh, explore other people's lives. And it's something I'm generally fascinated about. In fact, it, it accidentally ties directly into our theme for this month, right? Like these biopics where you get to learn all of the minutia of who made what made these people who they were and why they did the things they did. And I, I really often latch on to movies like this and I don't know why I don't take the time to do that with the people in my life more often. Uh, maybe it's just that because we're constantly on the move. We're constantly on the go. Um, you know, it's one of the things like you and I have known each other for a long time and uh, even doing the podcast, like, well, we, before we recorded listeners, we, we talked for about half an hour about real stuff, about not podcast stuff, not directly movie stuff. And um, I appreciate that we get to do that. And it's something I that too. I don't think we would do that if not for the podcast at the same time. You know what I mean? Like um, it's one of the, the, like, I like, I like so much about this podcast with you that I am actively growing my film history you know I'm, we're watching something new almost every week even if it's one i've seen every other week it's something new you know what i'm saying like i was looking at our i i've kept track of every movie we've watched on a letterbox list like all Dang. all five years each one has a different year i have a year for uh, i'm sorry i have a list for each year that we've done the podcast so like just like looking at like we've seen 52 to 53 movies a year for the last four years mushrooms. and you know some of those i'd seen but most of them i hadn't and that alone is cool. And then um, the friendship that we've built over the years doing this, it, it's all, it, it means a lot to me. And it's uh, th- Thanks, this week, John. <laughs> I, you know, this week uh, has been that way for me with, with Craig and um, with some of my coworkers who I've, I've had opportunities to talk to. I, I had a coworker I've had for several years who I've become pretty good friends with online. Like we talk more in chat online than we ever speak in person. Um, but, and part of that was the pandemic. Um, but she, she's moved to Spain this week. Uh, <sighs> she, she took a job in Spain, which is, it works for my friendship in the sense that we were mostly communicating through text anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not substantially different, except I won't see her at work now. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, it's a crazy, like I, I've got to know her so much over the last year as she's been like, you know, going through this you know, process of getting her visa and getting everything squared away so that they could move to Spain and like stuff like that. I just really appreciate. And I think listeners, um, you know, it's something maybe we could all do a better job of, of taking a few minutes, the old expression of stop and smell the roses, like stop and smell your friends. Wait, uh, stop and, and learn your friends a little more, uh, because you know, the, there's stuff there and sometimes they just need to vent and sometimes they just need to, to share some things. Um, and sometimes I think the coolest stories are sitting right beneath the surface, but they've never felt compelled to share them because they don't realize how cool their story is. You know what I mean? Like when it's something you've done, it doesn't always feel like it's amazing. It's like, Oh, well I'm sure other people have gone through this and then you share it and you find out, Oh wait, no, you haven't gone through this. This isn't what everyone's life is like. Um, sometimes that's the most compelling stuff. So just something to think about listeners check, you know, have conversations. Um, the other thing and much more capitalistic thing is the criterion sale started today. Yes. Have you bought anything? I bought three things. Hell um, yes. Sorry. I try not to cuss on the yes. show, but so, tell us um, about it. I, I've been waiting for months to buy memoirs of a murder, the Bong Joon-ho film, um, because they just released it on criterion, like back in, I think February. Um, so I've, bought that um and then uh a while back i think you shared with me the martin scorsese uh horror list um like it was like his best horror like not his personal like he didn't direct them but like his his, it was a top 11 list 
which annoys me a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, why are there 11? Like, why did you go past 10? Well, Um, but also I appreciate. So I like even numbers two or like twos or fives or whatever. But also I love that he couldn't narrow it down. Fair. But two of the movies on the list are only on Criterion. And that's The Uninvited and (gasps) The Innocence. So I bought both of those. Uh, The Uninvited is 15 bucks on Blu-ray too for the Criterion. So uh, extra like reason to grab that right now. And then The Innocence was 20. We, okay. So I need to look into The Innocence, but I own The Uninvited. The, uh, wait, do you own the remake or the 1944? I have have the 1944 Criterion Edition. Ah. That I also bought. So I think we need to add that. Mint in box? I Mint think in so. box. So Unless I can't wait. But I'll probably. Be. Um, <laughs> well, I can still put it on there anyway. True. Oh, fair point. You can. Um, but yeah, so that was. I, I bought those today. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't contain myself. Especially. Uh, the Innocence? Yeah, The Innocence. Uh, I actually. I also have a letterbox list of the 11 movies that he listed. Because I'm tracking how many. I, I have uh, five left to watch. Um, two of which I couldn't watch because they didn't exist anywhere outside of the Criterion Collection. But, um, so like I knew I was buying those two. Like that was like a hundred percent. I'm getting these two movies, and I'm gonna get Bong Joon Ho's uh, Memoirs of a Murder. Um, and so, uh, listener, if you're not familiar with the Criterion sale, traditionally Barnes and Noble twice a year does fifty percent off the Criterion Blu-rays. And if you don't know what that is, well. I'm surprised you're listening to this podcast because it is, we've talked about criteria for a long time, but it's, it's usually it's the highest quality print of a film you can get. Um, It comes with tons of special features and most of the time special edition box art that is outstanding. Every once in a while, it's really lame. And I don't understand why those, some of those Blu-rays just have like a redo of the original art or like just a picture but man, when they get like the custom art, it's just, it's, it's so like the Wes Anderson movies I own all of and want to buy all of the criterion versions because the box art is so cool so on cool. all of them. Um, and, uh, I do own a couple, uh, because I was just like, I just have to have it. It's, it's fine. But, um, my current goal is I, I just beat, uh, this is, I guess, kind of what I've been watching, but I, I've been playing ghosts of Shushima on, um, PlayStation four. And it is one of my favorite games ever. It's the first game I've ever gotten a hundred percent completion on the, the achievement slash trophies. Uh, I've never cared enough to do that. And I was like, you know what? I want to get a hundred percent. So I got a hundred percent. Um, and it's a samurai game. So I was like, I'm really like feeling samurai stuff. And I was already a big fan of Kira Kurosawa, but I've only seen a couple of his movies. Um, seven samurai being the big one, but I I've seen uh, Rashomon and, um, uh, I am going to forget the name of the one that is based on a Shakespeare play, not Throne of Blood, which is one I want to buy. But what I was getting at is I want to get some of the Akira Kurosawa Criterion films that I don't have. Um, I already have the two I just mentioned, and I also have Yojimbo. Um, but I really want to get Throne of Blood and uh, Hidden Fortress, which Hidden Fortress was a big inspiration for George Lucas and Star Wars. Um, so I really need to see that one. Um, and then, you know, there's a few other... Uh, like stuff I want to get um, like, I don't need another copy of do the right thing, but the criterion box art and like the special features I really do want. So at some point I'm probably going to cave and buy the, buy do the right thing. But uh, listeners, as I was saying, Barnes and Noble twice a year, 50% off, which puts them at like normal regular price, Blu-ray, like $20. Um, but they're usually somewhere between 35 and 40 for like a single movie. And then if you're getting like some of those box sets and stuff, those get, pricey at times um they're 50 percent off amazon is matching them this year which i hate because i know amazon is a a very everyone knows that we shouldn't be buying stuff from amazon and yet amazon makes it so hard not to um that it was so much easier for me to just buy them from amazon than it would have been to go through barnes and noble so especially because i don't have if i had a barnes and noble nearby and i could go and actually shop the criterion stuff i would do that for sure but I don't. And so this was definitely the, uh, the best, the best system for me. Um, but I did order three and I, they're coming Tuesday, I think because of the holiday. So, so I want to say though, that if anybody is thinking about buying at least two, um, Barnes Noble usually does like, um, $30 free shipping. If you don't want to buy from mm-hmm. the Amazon. 
Right. But if you have Prime and it's not the holiday weekend, you can get them in two days. And that's the other hard part because I already have Prime. Because I like partly because of Burke reviews, but also because I have this weird. I need to have access to things, even if I won't use them right away. And so I, I subscribe to like every streaming service, essentially. It's a weird, stupid, uh, I hate it, but I've had, I have prime partly for that. Um, I do like a few series. Like I loved invincible. I'm a big fan of the boys. Uh, and there was a couple other things I've watched over the years on Amazon that I like to have access to. Um, and then they have, they have some good movies. They also have a lot of crap movies, but you know, I don't know. I justify it. I probably should cancel it. Oh, well, um, let's get into what we've been. uh, Well, before we do that, Corey, have you looked at the criteria instead? Is there anything you're eyeballing? You know what I've been eyeballing for years and I just won't buy it. And I feel like one day I'm going to buy them, but I really want the Valley of the Dolls. I've never seen mm. the movie. I have the book. I haven't read it yet. And I want the second one. Is it Return of the Valley of the Dolls? I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. But I've always wanted them and I just don't buy them. But now I'm interested in the innocence. Yes. I, def- I definitely That's think crazy. you should get that uh, because of the Scorsese thing. And um there aren't a lot of horror movies on criterion hmm. i feel I mean, like i mean well they're... okay one thing i think is worth noting i noticed today when i was on barnes and noble's website that they also have the arrow films at 50 percent off oh um, which arrow i believe is a british company that is similar to criterion but they do even more like odd box art stuff and they do seem to, to dabble into the genre a lot, like into genre film in general, a lot more. Like they did an arrow print of Mallrats, uh, I think last year, which they have on sale for 20 bucks. And I really want to grab, but I haven't yet. Um, but they, that's also on 50% off right now. So you might want to check that. There might be some horror movies. Like I know they have a lot of like the Dario Argento, which I don't think you and I are yeah, fans of, but not really. other horror people really like. Um, so, you know, um, it's worth checking out cause I think that's going to be more in that vein of, of film than what Criterion tends to do a lot more. It, it's hard to tell when, what drives them to certain movies. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that's clearly a Criterion movie. But then other times it's like, what is it about that Why? one that, that you guys went with? Yeah. So, um, Corey and I learned the hard way just because something is on the Criterion set doesn't mean it's good in our opinions, same with all movies. It's just because it's attached to something that we might like, doesn't mean we are inherently going to still like it. So a uh, lesson was learned, but generally speaking, if it's on criteria and it's at least, there's at least a filmmaker of note or an actor of note tied to the movie, which is that I think is consistently true. Um, yeah. Even the movie that we didn't like good time. It's not good time. I think, Good time is the Robert Pattinson film. Um, I always feel like it's that title, though. It's something like that, and it's but it's Gary Oldman and Tim uh, Tim Roth, um, both I think their debut feature film or something close to it, and it's it's just not for us. Uh, we did not like it, but I'm sure other people might. But we meantime, yeah. meantime, in the meantime, this movie wasn't good. So, um, with that, let's get into what we've been watching. Uh, you want to go first? I'll go first. I don't have a whole lot. Um, So I went to see the newest Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Yeah. I gave that theater that's two blocks away from my house one more chance. And we're done now. We are done. We are done. Like, Is it I'm, the theater's fault or like the people's fault? It's the theater's fault. I just felt like it was unreasonable. And I was... I mean, it's kind of stupid, but anyway, um, so I'm going to tell you really fast because I feel like now I have to. Um, so my friend wasn't there yet. She was running late because there was a surprise fair being held. So she had to like detour and stuff. I bought, I got our snacks and our drink and then I was, you know, I needed to go to the restroom because she was running late and I didn't want to miss any movie. I get so mad when I miss any of the movie. I yeah. feel like that's reasonable. But um, so there are countertop to the left and right of the ticket taker. And I'm like, can I set my stuff over there while I run to the restroom? I didn't need her to watch it for me. Nothing. I just needed to sit it there so I could run to the restroom. No, you can't sit it there. You can sit it on the floor outside the bathroom, though. Mm. My popcorn in a bag. 
Yeah, that's you. Right? I was just like, ooh. Besides the fact that it's right outside the bathroom, I don't understand people who take their food into the bathroom or their drinks into the bathroom. Also, okay, I do take my drink into the bathroom, but no. I, yeah, it's no. fine. Um, unless it has a lid on it, but if it's like a soda with an open straw, no. I'm real weird about that stuff. Wait, who doesn't have a lid on it? Well, I mean, like, if it's like a cap that completely screws and you're, it, like, screws closed and there's, like, no way. Oh. You know, I'm really weird about that, John. I will not take... No. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It just made me mad. And then I felt like she was being a little sassy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just done. And maybe that's a, a dumb reason. But then they were like, oh, yeah, this these seats you guys got will be just fine. They're, it's good theater. It's all good seats in there. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, we were off to the side. The theater is super tiny. So we were like creaking our necks back, even in the recliners. I was like, oh, thank man. God this is also on HBO because, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was so stupid. But I, so I like the Conjuring movie. None of them touched the first one. I feel like it's one of the best horror movies ever made. Thank you very much. Um, But I feel like I have so many questions about this one. Yeah. You know, it wasn't bad but there was just stuff i thought was going to like make sense or there was a reason and then there wasn't i i didn't love it no and it's like i love vera farmiga farmiga and um patrick patrick wilson oh my god um so much as the warrens that i just keep going but this one is this one's like above the nun, but it's probably like the one by the nun. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I was listening to them. Yeah. Matt and, and I didn't love it. Yeah. And then um I've just been watching Shit's Creek and The Office because I really needed some feel good stuff this week. I was really disappointed because uh Voodoo has a bunch of box sets half off this weekend. Um, and I was really hoping Parks and Rec would be on that list, and it was not. So. Oh, God. So, I'm a terrible person. Thank you for checking on that. But I actually bought it on DVD during Prime Day. Uh, it was like 34 bucks on DVD, right? I think I paid 30 Yeah. It, I, if it came with a digital, I would have bought it, but it, it did not. So, I didn't want more uh, discs. Right. Um, well... Uh, I've watched a lot. Uh, I'm going to start with TV first. Um, I watched Loki's uh, episode four, which highly recommend. I'm very much enjoying Loki. Um, but then I've also caught up with uh, Dave season two. I'm a big, huge fan of Dave. It's a FX series, but it's also on Hulu if you have Hulu. And um, it's about Dave, who is also known as the rapper Lil Dicky. Oh, who yeah. I didn't know much about, but I really liked season one. And I've listened to a lot of his music since then. Um, I I think the show is just super funny, but it's it's very brilliant. It definitely pushes a lot of boundaries. Like it's not for everybody because it's going to have things that are going to make some people uncomfortable. But I really, really, really think it's a great show. Highly recommend people watch it. Uh, season two is through episode four. I th- I think there were ten episodes in season one, so that's what I'm anticipating this season as well. Um, but man, it, it's just such a good show and it, it's the way he tackles a lot of issues. It's, it's very entertaining, but also very like very sensitive to issues, uh, that a lot of, I think comedies wouldn't be as smart about. Um, a lot of times the show has been really good at subverting expectations. So I've, I've caught up with that. It's really great. Um, but I've watched quite a few movies, uh, some to uh, review, some to listen to, uh, some I'm listening to a podcast that's covering it. Um, and then uh, one I, I had a screener for, I can't, the one I want to talk about the most, I'm not going to be allowed to talk about because I'm under embargo until next week, but I am going to mention it. Um, so the first one is Werewolves Within. Um, I wanted to see, it was at Tribeca, but they pulled it from the press for some reason. Um, it is a, it's based on a VR video game that's only available on like Oculus or um, oh. PlayStation VR and one of the other, I forget HTC vibe, I think is the other big VR. Um, but I didn't know that when I went to see it, I just, uh, I heard it was funny and big tuna had seen it. So he confirmed, he was like, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll like it. And he was completely right. It's totally up my wheelhouse. It is a uh, dark comedy, um, kind of a mystery uh, thriller. And I, 
the cast is a bunch of people you will recognize, but have never really been the leads in anything. And it's just fantastic. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, just glad I, I went out of my way to see it. I had to go like 45 minutes to a, a bigger theater. Um, but it was worth it. Uh, totally, really good. So you did see that in theater? I did. Okay. I haven't seen it come here yet. So, cause yeah. I'm interested in that one. It's out. It's just, it's definitely a limited release. Um, it's probably also on VOD at this point, uh, because it is a smaller release, but it's, it's really good. Definitely recommend, uh, checking werewolves within. Um, I watched four brothers for the first time because the blank check podcast is doing John Singleton's movies. Um, and I'd never seen it. Uh, it's Mark Wahlberg, Tyrese, Garrett Hedlund, and, um, Andre 3000 from outcast. And, uh, it's it's i liked it actually it's not i I don't want to say it's good but i i was kind of went in apprehensive and it was better than i was expecting it to be i do have a soft spot for mark Wahlberg. i tend to forgive a lot of his his mannerisms in movies um and that's it's one of those where it just kind of works um but uh i watched for the first time twilight breaking dawn part one uh, because Blank Check is doing commentary on the Twilight films, and I'd seen the first three. I had no interest in seeing the last two. I'm finally doing it uh, because they're talking about them, and I love listening to the podcast, so I like to have seen the movies when possible. Um, also, I like to complete list, and Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2 are both on the Box Office Mojo Top 100 list, um, so it's two more movies off of that list. I've seen most of. There's, like, three other movies. I, I don't know how quick I'll get to, like, despicable me three i really don't care to watch but that's on the list and then it's, it is a grossing list so it, it could change if a movie does really well although right now it's probably unlikely um but also i see most big releases so at, on the other hand if a movie does break its way onto the list if anything it'll just help me narrow down the ones that i haven't seen um but uh for the same reason i had to watch another taylor lautner movie from 2011 uh abduction which was there? Uh, this Hollywood's attempt to make him an action star. Uh, John Singleton's final film, unfortunately, um, you know, he passed away. I think two years ago, um, two or three years ago, and uh, Abduction was his last one. It's it's real bad. Um, it's it's real real bad. Uh, Taylor Lautner does not work as an action star, and poor Lily Collins um, gets dragged down uh, with him in this movie. But and Sigourney Weaver's in. It's like it's got a really good cast. It's just not a good movie. Um, it's, it's it's mostly Lautner, but it's also some of the writing. It's just just junk. Um, so I can't say anything about this movie except that I've seen it. But uh, Summertime is the uh, new film from the director of Blind Spot Blind Spotting, Carlos Lopez Estrada. Um, it's out on VOD next week, and then I can talk about it. So look for my review at BerkReviews.com. And then uh, the last thing I watched was right just a couple hours ago. I watched uh, the new Fear Street. Part one, 1994 is the full title of the first part. Um, I had a blast with it. It's definitely, uh, it's a, it's a pretty new director. This is her, she's done one movie before she's doing the entire trilogy of the fear street movies that are coming out. Uh, one today, the Friday that we're recording this and then each Friday for the next two Fridays. Um, so really big introduction for her. Uh, she clearly knows the genre. Um, she's definitely done her homework and she has uh, her own kind of take. It's predominantly a young cast uh, who have very few credits, but they're fantastic. Uh, I really thought the actors really came out and just have star power. There, there's one actress um, who I kept, I, I multiple times was like, she has to be in something I've seen. There's, there's no way she looks so familiar and she has such a presence but nope, this is her only movie uh, and no TV or anything before this. It's just, she just has that charisma that just says like, I'm a star. And you're like, oh yeah, sure you are. You're definitely a star. I've seen you in tons of things. It's like, nope, I haven't seen her in anything, but man, what a star. Um, it, it's definitely worth watching. If you have a Netflix subscription, check out Fear Street Part 1, 1994. And of course we have Part 2 and Part 3 coming out in the subsequent weeks, which I'm probably will have watched before we record, but we'll have to see. Sometimes Fridays are busy, but uh, yeah. That's that's what I've been watching. Um, a lot of stuff. Apologies. Um, let's get into Into the Wild, shall we? Uh, into the Wild, Corey's pick. Pick uh, one of three for her this month, um, which was a, a nightmare last week as we were trying to figure out what to watch. 
Uh, this movie's from 2007, has an 8.1 IMDb user score, a 73 meta score, uh, directed by Sean Penn, written by Sean Penn, and based on the book by John Krakauer. Don't know how to, if I'm saying that right. Uh, there's some surprising people in this movie uh, who are kind of buried deep on the the list here, but uh, it stars Emil Hirsch. Um, but we also get uh, a small sequence with Vince Vaughn, Catherine Keener, Marsha Gay Harden, William Hurt, Jenna Malone, very young Kristen Stewart, um, Hal Holbrook, and uh, Brian H. Durker, who apparently isn't in a lot of stuff, but uh, I want to talk about him in a minute. But also, did you see Zach Galifianakis? Was he the guy with the hat? He is the guy the with the hat. Yeah, okay. Uh, he not sure if he had glasses, but he was like Vince Vaughn's like coworker who was really like curt and like rude. Ta- yep. Um, yeah, uh, I, I almost didn't catch that it was him. Like I'd seen that he was in the movie, and then uh, they don't show his face like at all. He's always like Is got it... the hat pulled down low. Yeah, it. That's why I was thinking he was wearing glasses or something because I feel like if I would have seen his eyes, but I didn't realize that he was in it until after the movie, and I was like, well, it had to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. His voice was even different. Like I heard the Zach Galifianakis like voice for a second. I was like, "Oh, that's Zach." Um, yeah, totally su- surprised me there. So, um, why don't you start, Corey? This is your pick. Uh, maybe why did you pick it, and what did you think? Oh man. Okay, so I am a terrible person. I've been wanting to see this since <laughs> two thousand seven. And I'm pretty sure it's been on Netflix since 2007. Not really, but it's been on for a long time. I might even own it. I'm like turning around to look at my... Oh, I do. I do. Um, And it's unopened. Um, So I've wanted to see it, but I just... We know how it ends. Yeah. You know, and sometimes... And we won't say in case you don't, because we yeah. don't spoil here, but... Um, but... Sometimes it's really hard for me to work myself up to stuff like that, but I really enjoyed it. I am intending on buying both the book about him into the wild and the book his sister wrote. Um, I think he's a fascinating person that I want to learn more about. And I really appreciate his philosophies on life and I just, I really enjoyed it. So, so those are my thoughts. <laughs> um, I I have been very aware of this, and I have a friend, uh, a longtime friend, who I think was very much into this book, and even to some degree lived a, a much maybe safer, but still a similar version to this. Um, I actually have a few friends who have kind of given up their worldly possessions and like gone off on trails and stuff. Um, I want to be on front street. I think it's, I, I, my brain does not understand how anybody would want to do what this guy did. I'm like, Hey, you know, there's indoors, there's indoors. Like there's, there's supermarkets. Like we live in a place where things can be easy. And I like that. I do. I, I often am afraid. In fact, for the last year, I have been afraid of losing this way of life because it has been threatened many times over the last year. Like we've had not too long ago, Florida was in a quote unquote gas shortage that we weren't in, but we created for ourselves because people got greedy and crazy. Toilet and we're buckle all over again. And, right. And we're in close to, we have a hurricane looming right now that I'm sure I'm going to go to the supermarket and the shelves are going to be stripped of canned goods because people are, are awful. But I still like the convenience that life offers. So I have a hard time relating to people like this. That said, I did like the movie. I at first was like, sure. I was going to just be annoyed at this. I'm going to say hipster, hippie, whatever you want to call. Who's like, who's the thing is the thing that I think is important. And it's in the synopsis here. I didn't read the synopsis. so I'm going to now. After graduating from Emory University, top student and athlete. I don't know about the athlete thing. Did they show him as an athlete in this movie? I don't feel like that was part of it. And no offense to Emil Hirsch, but he don't look like an athlete. Um, was he a swimmer or something, maybe? <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you see the photos of Chris McCandless. 
yeah, I, I did kind of, but kind no of offense to Miller, so he's just he's very tiny. He's a tiny dude. Um, but top student and athlete Christopher McCandless abandons his possessions, gives his entire twenty four thousand dollars savings account to charity, and hitchhikes to Alaska to live in the wilderness. Now, along the way, he learns encounters a series of characters that shape his life. Cool, which is what makes it a compelling story. It is a compelling story. But it is such a first world problem type of story. It's like this dude has it all and he gives it away to make his life hard. And that's like, oh, okay. Like, because there's even a part where um, someone's like judging him. He's like, I'm not destitute. I chose to do this. It's like, yeah, that's what makes you a douchebag because other people are destitute. Other people are like starving and. Like you're just like I'm going to starve too. It's like, dude, what is what is wrong with you? Like, I don't think that was on purpose. <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, when I said it out loud just now, I didn't mean to imply that it would actually happen. But granted, it it did. But uh, spoiler again. Again, it is a biopic, guys. It, it, like I knew he died before I watched this. I know I said it's we wouldn't spoil that. Thirty years ago wanted. now. Um. Uh, yeah, and that's I didn't I didn't realize exactly when it was. Um. I'm aware of this. One of my coworkers teaches this book. Uh, and so like my, I have my film students will come and tell me about the movie or whatever. And every once in a while, there's, there's some privileged kid who gets inspired to do the same stupid thing. And that's what drives me nuts. It's like, I don't think that's the message you're supposed to take from this is that, Hey, I should give up everything and live on the wild. Like, no, no, that's no, that's not at all. The lesson that this movie teaches one, his final words are like, yeah, I kind of wish I hadn't done this. I miss people. I like people. People were good to me. And even if like some people were bad, I met a lot of amazing people in my journey. So like, it's not a full regret. It's just maybe, maybe I went too far. You know what I mean? Like maybe I should have stopped one stop sooner than I did. And things would have been great. Like, I think there's a, a, a sequence we'll talk about here momentarily where it's like, maybe this was the stopping point guy. Maybe this was what you were looking for. And the, the catch with that and why I don't. So I'm saying all this very harshly by the end. I did not feel that way. I, I, I felt a lot of sympathy and I did feel a lot of like, I get it. But I also still don't. I, I, I will never, I will never get purposefully making your life harder, um, because I'm actively always just trying to like make it comfortable for everybody. Like I'm not looking to like I don't want to step on other people to make my life better, but I'm also like not wanting to make my life harder. I feel like it's hard enough. I don't want more struggle. I don't need more struggle. Like. So I I just never get my head around his struggle this. is different than ours though. Ah, uh, but well, I don't know, man. I like, mean, what he's motivates like... him to go? <laughs> I think a lot of things, but <laughs> I'll let you finish. No, he has he has parent issues. Like who doesn't? And more like I I can't get into why I can really speak to this without potentially suffering consequences in real life. But I, I have, I know people who have gone through similar things that this character describes that his parents are a little wacky. Granted, maybe it's a little more extreme that their marriage was like a facade, but like the abuse and all that stuff, it's like, dude, just don't talk to them. Like you don't have to like run across the planet to not talk to your parents. It's pretty easy to not talk to your parents. Like, well, some parents. I, I'm not even advocating that um, everybody has to do that, but I also I like. There's a lot of people who are just like, "Oh, well, they're your parents. You have to talk to them." That's no, corporate. you don't. The sense that you owe somebody because they birthed you is nonsense. You did not ask for that. They made a decision. Whether or not that was to have a kid is even debatable. Sometimes they made a decision because they just wanted to have sex, and you ended up as the result. That's not an obligation to you to have to love them. I'm sorry. That's a nonsense statement. And anyone who thinks otherwise is just fooling themselves because th- you know, sh- you don't g- get to treat somebody badly because you brought them onto this planet. That's, that's ridiculous. And so I, I'm, I have no issue with him running away from his parents, but like how he does it and like the extremes that he goes again, 
there are people who do similar things in the sense like they go uh, skydiving or they, you know, they like uh, like um, free solo. The the climbing of a cliff face with your bare hands and no ropes mm, mm. with the, the high probability that if, if anything goes wrong, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. That's that's similar to me to what this guy did, right? Like going out to to the wilderness and people respect that. I don't. But that's because in my head, anything that's like potentially and, and I I am very aware that driving to Publix could be the last thing I ever get to do. I hope because you are of way for a sub. Right. Like accidents, things like that. Obviously, I understand that. We could go at any minute. I just am an advocate for not encouraging it by putting ourselves in situations that will increase the probability of death. And this guy definitely is, is he's aware how dangerous it is. And I mean, the guy who drops him off at the beginning of the movie, like, is like, well, if you're still alive at the end of this, I hope, you, I hope to hear from you. It's like the most foreshadowing nonsense statement ever. If you but had no like, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um but again i was i think that's more of a testament to this film is despite a lot of that i was engaged i was pulled into this guy's story i still felt bad for him and um it was hard watching the last moments of his time uh which we'll get into the minutiae of momentarily but like so a very effective, very impactful story. I totally understand why so many people have obsessed over this guy. Um, it does worry me that people have like gone out to the van and like stayed there and stuff since, since it happened or the bus. Um, like, it's like, did you not see the movie? Like, don't do the thing he did. Don't go there for four months or for a hundred days. Like, and if you're yeah, but traveling with someone, if you're better packed, like, I don't know. I have a, I get really apprehensive, like with hero worship and like, we don't, you don't need to redo what the guy did. I like, would go you there. Know, you, if it was a safe tourist attraction, but no, I wouldn't. Cause again, he like, I don't know. I have a weird thing with like death. Like he died in the bus. I don't want to be in the bus. Like he died there. Like I, I'm not, I don't even believe in like haunted things. So it's not like a haunt. It's like a, it's like, ew. i mean and granted and well and he was there for like two weeks afterwards like the body was just there like i'm sorry i just have a hard time imagining the smells gone like i don't know okay let's get into spoilers so we can talk all the all the dying right now nope joke okay guys um we're gonna talk about into the wild in great detail you have been warned okay so let's talk favorite uh favorite group of people he interacts with like which like little vignette of people he meets along the way was your favorite oh my god uh Catherine, what's her name keener Keener. oh i don't like the new setup of imdb just give me a list guys um so i'm gonna say jan and rainy okay so before you say why shouldn't rainy have been jeff bridges Ooh, I like the actor that played him, but I can see sure. that. But he totally was like, like budget Jeff Bridges. Like if Jeff Bridges wouldn't do this movie because the year earlier he was in True Grit and won an Oscar. So like, but, oh no, I'm sorry. That would be three years later. My times are all off. So 2010, he wins the Oscar for True Grit. This is 2007. So they could have got Bridges and they should have, because I think it would have been. Sean again, Penn, throw your weight around. Yeah. Right. And, and Dierker is not bad. Uh, he does a very admirable performance, but he's got such dude energy that Lebowski would have been perfect in this uh, for sure. Um, the whole, I was like, I heard the voice. I was like looking away from the TV for a minute and I heard the voice. I'm like, is that Bridges? And I'm like, oh, disappointed. Like it would have been perfect. Um, but I also really liked them. They were very cool. But uh, anything specific about them that drew you in? I just thought they were good people and you know trying to live the life that they want to but it's so hard to pick john i also really liked you know ron franz who was your favorite okay so i want to talk about ron franz actually okay i knew that chris mccandless who was going by alex super tramp sex super tramp um 
I knew he was going to die. The way Penn chooses to introduce Ron Franz made me think Ron Franz was a serial killer. I thought <laughs> that no. I was like, oh, I didn't know he died from like a murderer. I thought he like died from the wilderness, which is how he dies. But like for the first 30 seconds or so, when they were like meeting and talking, I was like, oh, this dude's like a molester. He's going to kidnap McCandless and kill him. And then he ended up being the sweetest old man and I loved him. But I was very nervous. To be fair, real life, everyone who I meet, I assume, is a serial killer until I, mean, I feel comfortable. Central Florida, sorry, what? Um, right. And But th- if you watch that sequence again, it's very menacingly introduced. Like, the way well, he's, mean, he's talking to him. Slow driving, yeah. Yeah, and just, like, he's asking, like, real specific questions and... Oh, where are where do you live? And it's just like, what? Hold up! Like, I got all of my like get out of the car radar was going off, and I was just like, <laughs> I. And again, I knew he was going to die, but I didn't know how. So my brain was like, well, this is how this guy's going to kill him. He's going to eat his flesh and put him in the fridge for a couple of weeks. Like, this is horrible. Uh, and uh, I'm done. You know, but but no, Ron. Ron's a good man. Um, and that's that's where the trip should have stopped, right? Ron offers to adopt him. And he doesn't answer, which is what threw me. He's like, hey, can we talk about it when I get back? And I felt like How that was kind of cold. You know? Well, I mean, he's he's definitely got parent issues, right? Like his parents, uh, played by Marsha Gay Harden and the big hurt, Will Hurt, um, are awful. Like when we're when they're depicted, um, which is kind of why I... It's, it's such an interesting choice to have Kareen narrating so much of the movie. Um, when she didn't have contact with him for the entirety of his trip. And so we're getting like her kind of her story, um, which you said she wrote a book too, the sister in real life uh, played by Jenna Malone here in the film. Um, I'm kind of curious to read that book. Cause I'm just like, well, it's weird to have a side character who's not involved with the main, like he doesn't call her. He's not sending her letters. There's, she has no communication with him yet. She's narrating the movie for so much of it yeah well okay so i wanted to know how much of this movie is like true like not fictionalized ah yes like are all of these people that we meet in the movie along the way are all of these things that happen are they real because how how do we know do we know because you know, the mm. author of the book or his sister, like, end up talking to them later on. Because it doesn't seem like he really keeps a detailed journal. He keeps, like, a bullet list. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I met Rainy and blah, 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 blah today. And they were really great. And they've never, they haven't seen their son in however long. Or, you know, I met Tracy and blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I want to know, like, <laughs> I want to know how much is, like you know, really yeah. happened. Well, and so for this month, especially um, there's a website that I love called history versus Hollywood. Oh yeah. You've talked about this, but they didn't seem to have anything oh. for this, which was surprising to me because this is such like, a big, like it's a very popular book. It was a very popular movie and it's, it's, you know, pretty old by comparison to some other stuff. And so I don't know why they haven't tackled it. Um, it's like maybe because it is older. It has to be fictionalized. Do you know what I mean? For sure. And I that- mean, I always, I like to say that to my students. Um, I'll point out, like, I'll say, look around. And they'll look around, like, one of you in 10 years might be super famous. But who's documenting your life right now? And if you become super famous, they're going to tell us that you did this and this happened and blah, blah, blah. But nobody's making notes about what you're doing right now because they don't know who you are yet. Mm. And that's my point. When you watch a movie like this, you have to take that with a grain of salt. That Nobody's paying attention to that level of detail because they don't know that they're in a historical moment when it's happening you know it's not until afterwards that you realize oh shit that was important sorry for cursing um right and and, yeah i didn't find that information instead i found a ted talk at emory university that his sister corinne did oh and it was very interesting to talk to listen to and i started crying um oh and then i also watched like another short video where she and two of her sisters go out and see the bus. I, so yeah, so that's how I found out about her book, but apparently when she was helping him with this book, Jack 
whatever his name is, I can't pronounce it very well. Um, when she was helping him with this book, she didn't want the whole story to be, you know, made available to the public because it was like a lot of personal stuff going yeah. on. And like hearing some of the things that happened, like that her father was married and had a family. He was getting his wife pregnant at the same time that he was getting Chris and Corrine's mom pregnant. Like, I think they kind of carry, she carried her two kids about the same time that his wife carried kids, I think. And he like mm. lived this like divided life. He would spend four or five days with one family and then go four or five days with another family. They didn't get divorced until Chris was four and all of these different things. And I mean, he sounds like a pretty sexist guy, woman, you know, I, and I forget, oh, that I guess that she told Kareen, the mom told Kareen that the whole reason that she stayed with the father is because she got pregnant with Chris. And uh, I know a lot of people go through a lot of that, you know, go through a lot of kind of similar situations, but we all have our different ways of dealing with it. And I don't know. I admired he didn't even have a phone, <laughs> they said in the movie. I didn't have a phone until I was a cell phone until I was 19 and I loved it. And I hated when I was made to carry one. And I wish that I could go back to that. I hate being attached to people all the time. Yeah. I hate. But do remember that it was 1994. Yeah. 1992. Yeah. So like cell phones were not readily available. Anyways, yeah, like people did have them have a phone. Yeah. But how could he have a phone? Well, I mean, he it, didn't have a house in his apartment. He didn't have a place. No apartment. When before, he, yeah, when he lived at the university, I forget what city that's in. She says that her parents went to visit him because they hadn't heard from him him in a while, uh, and it wasn't like they could call him because he never had a phone. So he didn't even have a phone when you know before he abandoned life, you know, civilized life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because at the end he he wrote that he you know he was very lonely and that he missed uh people so that's surprising that he was like isolating himself prior to isolating himself mm -hmm. um just because like i don't know like i know people who really appreciate like their alone time I, and i am i'm not i often am one of those people i do often like the last week and a half i've been very very social where i've had like a lot of interactions especially after a year of a pandemic where we basically didn't see anybody um or at least not outside of like the walls of work or whatever, but like I actively have been hanging out with people. I've, I've had parties to go to because of like the, my friend moving to Spain and, and uh, my boss had like a work related thing. And um, so I've, I like, I think for like six days in a row, I was with people for longer than a couple of hours. Uh, and I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be like, I need like a day of myself yes. kind of thing. And then today that happened and I was miserable for like an hour. And then I was good. But for like an hour, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was feeling really like, God, I wish I had someone to hang out with because I've gotten used to like seeing people. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I, I don't know, I get both sides of it. I, I get the need for socialization. And I also get the need for isolation. Um, and I think balance is always important. But yeah. I don't know, I just, I, I still think that a lot of his decisions were, were really, really questionable. And again, I know there are people who like want to live off the grid and blah, blah, blah. Like I just, my brain is like, no, I <laughs> don't want that at all. Like I, like even there was several years ago, we visited Kathy's family in North Carolina and they don't live in the rural part, but they still like lived out like where their, their house was like on acres of land. I was like freaking out. I'm like, it's like 25 minutes to anything. That's, that's not close enough. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I lived I, almost my whole life that way. Yeah, nope. I and I told Bill I was like I'm never living out of town again. But it's like as it gets bigger here, I think he thinks I'm joking, but that I just want a cabin in the middle of the woods with no neighbors. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, the only other thing I think I want to question in terms of like the real life thing is yeah. Uh, Vince Vaughn's Wayne Westerbrook is the Westerberg, excuse me, is the character he plays. Gets arrested. I want to know why. I, I didn't understand what was happening. I'm like, why is he getting arrested? And he was so calm about it. And she's like, sorry, gotta go. It's like, hold up. A little Was he, like, boxes? dealing drugs? Like, what was going on? Um, I think he was selling drugs with the corn. Like, that's what? kind of the impression I got. 
because like there was the phone call and he was like, we have this many blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's weird. He's selling corn, like impromptu. Maybe it oh. was drugs. I don't know. Um, Cause it sounded like he's like, we have to get rid of this. Like right away. It's like, okay, well, you didn't know you were going to have that much corn. Like, isn't that like what farmers do? Like you make corn and you sell the corn, right? Like, um, I don't know. I, 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 I know absolutely nothing about farming. So if I'm wrong, sorry, but, uh, I, I didn't understand they, and they don't say, and I, when I Googled it, I found nothing. So I don't oh. know. They, oh, did you find something? Yeah. They said that it, the exact Galifianakis, I think says, uh, I told him to stop messing with those little black boxes. Apparently he was building and selling black boxes, which illegally unscramble satellite television transmissions. So, oh, so they could get free. <laughs> free hbo and yeah. other movies and it said that on a couple of different websites i know i was like what what is this because we never really find out but i feel like he meets really good people along the way at least in the movie right and that's i think like kind of the lesson that we're supposed to take away is like not being afraid of adventure or like you know meeting people but at the same time that we do need people because he was running from everybody, right? Like he was mm-hmm. trying to create this like pseudo world that he had in his head of what like these other famous writers had gone through and that he was going to find like the meaning of life by living off the land and, um, and clearly not doing enough training by the way, because the whole moose killing sequence I was like, he told you just like, yeah, I feel like it was too big for a one person job. Also, I I don't think the I mean, gun he had could know. kill a moose. I don't. I don't know, know for. I'm not a hunter. Never shot a gun, but I don't think that little gun would have killed a moose. I'm not sure. Well, he shot it like 27 times, but I yeah, I don't know. But my understanding, moose and or meese are dangerous, meese? and like if if it didn't go down on the first shot, I feel like it would have trampled him, <laughs> and like because they're they're supposed to be pretty like they're huge um but yeah i don't know and apparently that was a real moose they um, killed a real that, moose no it was roadkill but a real moose is what what, what i read um because i was just like that looks real and i googled it and it was like <laughs> it was real but they did not kill it for the movie it was roadkill and they used it to uh you know i'm like gross um but yeah apparently That's real good. moose yeah well, um, anything else you want to add about Into the Wild before we wrap up? I really loved it. I'm glad I watched it. It is really good. Cannot deny it. It's a, it's a very, very good movie. It is a compelling story. Again, I don't understand what would compel anyone to do the things that they did, but that is me, and I get it. Other people, want, like Corey keeps saying, she wants to live off the grid. Whatever. Not me. Uh, I need as much connection as I can tolerate. Again, I have limited some of that, but I still like to, I like having it at my fingertips. Um, that said, uh, Into the Wild, for me, I think is a must-see movie. What do you think, Corey? I'm going to say the same. All right. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about my pick, uh, for the my first pick for this month, which is uh, 42, um, a movie I've been meaning to watch for some time. Uh, 42 is the biopic about Jackie Robinson um, that I'm going to pull up before I make any mistakes about who's in it. It's from 2013. Uh, directed by Brian Hegeland, who I'm not familiar with. He directed uh, A Knight's Tale, which I like. I think is maybe underrated a little bit. Um, Legend, the Tom Hardy uh, twin movie. Oh, I've seen that. The Order with Heath Ledger also. Um, and uh, Payback with Mel Gibson, which is I thought was good at the time. I don't know if it holds up. I was a kid when I saw it. But it stars Chadwick Boseman, um, Harrison Ford, Nicole Berhardi? I think Christopher Maloney. Oh, I always like Maloney. Um, Ryan Merriman. I'm, I'm afraid Maloney's probably going to be racist though. Uh, Alan Tudyk's in this. Awesome. Um, yeah, some good people. Um, it has an over, overly positive score on Letterboxd. And it's one I've heard very good things about. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman recently passed, which is such a sad thing. So it's it'll be nice to add another uh, checklist to his filmography. I've seen quite a few of his movies um at this point but i'm missing a few and this is one of the big ones um yeah uh, are you excited to check out 42 next week yes it is available to watch listeners on hbo max right now as well as uh vod on most other platforms that you can buy 
movies, but HBO Max, if you have a subscription already, uh, we will be back next week to talk about 42. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. You can hit me up at Burke Reviews on all like platforms and Corey. At Corey R Star 2, R's on the end. And if you like what we're doing here on Movie Club Podcast, we ask that you take just a few moments and rate and review so that other people can find us. Uh, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>